explored on my research trip to the top five happiest countries in the world. Now, isn't that cool? Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Smiling Boys podcast. And today's episode, we are going to be exploring one of the eight pillars of happiness as always. And today is going to be the pillar of freedom. How does freedom link to our happiness and what individual elements of that can we pinpoint to kind of uh, zero into the concept a little bit more? As always, we're going to start with some excerpts around uh, some of the research, and then we could play a series of clips from some young people to explore their personal experiences with the idea of freedom and or lack thereof. No people can be truly happy if they do not feel like they are choosing the course of their own life. So this is from the World Happiness Report 2012. A leading pioneer in happiness research, Van Hoven, believes that it is possible and should be a priority of the state to create a happier society. One of the ways is to ensure freedom so that people have the opportunity to choose the life that suits them best. So that's a very interesting recommendation to societies, but a very difficult one, as I'm sure you can imagine in terms of trying to make that readily available as a concept to every single person in the society. Um, As we know, inequality is super rife in the world that we live in that's based upon the capitalism structure. So freedom ensures that opportunities are not limited on the grounds of a person's race, sexuality or gender. Yeah, that's an interesting one when we start to think about what structures and systems are in place to negate that. So just to kind of explore much further in terms of how that interplays in our research, I think when we start to think about, especially with this uh, group of young people, when we start to think about the idea of freedom, how does that interplay in their everyday lives? Do they have freedom to choose what kind of subjects they do in a classroom? Do they have freedom to step out of their house and feel safe? Do they have freedom to go into a particular place and not feel like they're being watched, followed, or prejudged? Do they have the freedom to be themselves as young black boys, exuberant, full of energy? Um, all of these ideas, we start to think about how this interplays in the life that these young people have to navigate um, and what kind of issues this could bring about in terms of mental health issues also in terms of societal issues criminal justice issues and then we kind of explore that through some of these clips so i'm going to play you these clips and then we shall come back and delve much deeper freedom um no one telling you what to do no restrictions you can do what you want there's no higher power that has control over you yeah you have access to all your rights you're not being denied of your rights. And yeah, you can just do what you want. Yeah? And do you feel like you're able to do that? Do you think you're free right now? I'm never free. Why not? I always have I always have a priority, responsibility, something I have to look after. Mm-hmm. I've got places to go, things to do. Yeah, I have to make sure I'm doing my best and trying my best. I'm not free because I have responsibilities. I'm not free because I can't do what I want all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not free because I have boundaries. I'm not free because I can't afford to be. What do you mean? I don't have enough money to be free. Do so you think everyone is rich is free? No, no, it's free. They always got something to do. Okay. I'm not free because people have authority over me. Something like that. Some people are high, have higher power than me. Mm-hmm. And they can tell me what to do. I'd rather. Meet my own per- be my own person and meet my own decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you think because you're young, there has to be people that 
yeah, it makes it makes more sense. Like yeah. It makes what I do do wrong. Right. At the same time, it's not a good feeling to be controlled. Told what to do all the time. It's great. I'm not free because of the area I live in. Certain things I can't do because it's too dangerous. I'm free because I get what I ask for, and most things in life are sorted for me. I'm not free because I can't be loud in a public place or have fun without being checked, and which I believe is because of the colour of my skin. Um, and also is because <clears throat> all of the white employee, all of the white employees in shops follow me around shops like as if I'm broke and I'm gonna steal. So that was the series of clips um, from a bunch of young boys. Uh, 13 year olds firstly defining freedom in their own words which i thought was really eloquent and articulate from this young person who spoke at length about how he would define freedom talking about you know having access to all of your rights and that's something that for most of us it's not something that perhaps most of us would think about but actually in the context of young people thinking about just the simple things about having access to all your rights so that the right to speak about your opinion, to talk about the fact that if a teacher tells you something, you just stand up and say, actually, no, that's not true. That's not me. That's not what you know. I don't agree with that, which should be something that we have the rights to. But actually, there are consequences, consequences, which then affirm the idea that you are not free, free to speak about what you think, what you believe, if it's against my authority or against my rule. And also that falls back into how we are parented because I know, you know, to a certain degree in the ways in which we, why I speak of, you know, the African community and the African household, you know, when you talk about freedom, you talk about freedom of speech, that could happen outside of the house, but not when you're in the household. You know, your mom says this and you have a alternative opinion. Um, that's not welcome <laughs> until, you know, because I guess you just can't challenge that because that's seen as a challenge, you know, to, to speak about what's what's um, your own opinion if there is a difference and ideas and so there is no agree to disagree thing in the african household when i was growing up so it's it's agree to negate your idea um so yeah so just interrogating how that really plays a part in continually constricting young people when we think about the idea of freedom you know how easy is it for young people to express their authentic self having the freedom to do that so he spoke about their rights and and being able to have access to all of that so that's something to really interrogate in the places that these young people have to exist within you know how much of what they should be entitled to are we depriving them of um again he spoke about the feeling of being controlled and that's so interesting i think that's something that i guess all of us can really uh, explore and think about in terms of the idea of not having the autonomy to make a choice around something um, and that's something that's important when we think about the idea of choice and being controlled and most people often think young people don't have the cognitive development or awareness enough to make decisions for themselves and I think there is a danger in that assumption because obviously that's not true we might have more experience in some things which means that we might be able to trump them in the experience category but actually doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity to think alternatively to think um progressively in some cases so actually you know advocating for young people to be given much more of a 
um, seriousness and respect in terms of opinions, in terms of having a valid voice on the table when it comes to putting things together. So it's always really interesting when we think about a lot of services and a lot of uh, activities or whatever that are put together for young people, especially for particular needs. And actually, in most cases, those young people are not involved in the consultation and the design process because people make assumptions about what type of information they would bring or add to this consultation process, thinking that oh, we can assume what they want because actually they don't have the freedom or the choice to think actually I should be on this table to say what I think is what we need and what we should be um, uh, what you should be putting in place for us so it's really interesting when we think about how freedom impacts the way that young people and especially young boys are being uh, are raised in the society um, you know within a school environment specifically when we think about what freedom looks like you know the idea that in some cases you know young people are given rules and there is no freedom to debate what these rules are to say, actually, um, why should we not walk on the on the left side of the stairs? You know, if you walk on the left side of the stairs, you get detention. Um, this is not something I just made up. This is a real thing. There's a school that I've been to that they have that rule. And actually, there are some young people that ask the question why and the teachers don't have an answer, but they still keep walking on the left side and then they keep getting detention. So it's really interesting when we start to think about, you know, the idea of freedom and actually how that interplays in the micro uh, universe that these young people live in, especially in institutions like the school and within the household um, and how then that becomes something that they rebel against because actually there's not a lot of full, um, I guess, well-rounded discussions around why those things exist, which actually give these young people different context that allows them to understand and experience honestly why these rules exist um they're just told that this needs to happen and you're controlled and if you don't do it there's consequences um and those things do need to exist to a certain degree and within our society because we need to have rules and structures to a certain degree but at the same time we need to be able to have the freedom and autonomy to question and to ask things and to interrogate so that we can in our own self feel like we have the agency to make a decision based on all the information that we have um so that's super, super interesting and really important to really start to think about how much autonomy and agency young people have in their everyday lives. And actually in our own lives, in your, you know, your household, you know, your place of work, how much, you know, institutional uh, autonomy do you have, individual autonomy, you know, to make decisions, to do things how you want to do them, even if the outcome is always going to be the same, you know, making sure that you have the agency within that. And actually this is something that's important, again, for us to think about in this COVID times, um, to think about the nature in which the working environment is structured to allow people to have more agency and autonomy because actually you have more investment in whatever it is that you're doing when you know that you have the freedom to do it how you want to do it even as long as you know what the outcome is supposed to be you can navigate whatever it is you're doing however you're doing it in terms of the amount of time that you come into work as long as the outcome is what the focus is if it's outcome driven as opposed to micromanagement driven you know um the, the the amount of breaks that you get the the way you can work from you know obviously now all of a sudden a lot of you know workplaces are still open and functioning and allowing their staff to work from home during a quarantine but previously probably would have said that was not possible so just really thinking about how we can start to make changes around how we engage with the idea of freedom on a personal level but also societally as well Another thing that he mentioned was the idea that, you know, he didn't have freedom because he didn't have the money to be free. And I obviously proposed the question to him around, so you think everybody that has money is free? And that's often uh, a conflation that we make about this idea, um, which there is some truth to, to a certain degree, that money does bring you some element of freedom for sure. Um, but at the same time, there it's about how you 
use that money because what money can do is it can give you freedom to time and obviously where people have to work um, endlessly to be able to pay the bills and put money on the table um, for the family and all sorts if you had more money you could cut down at work and have more time to do things Um, but it's not uh, one you know shoe fits all uh, rule that every body that has money is free because obviously within that there might be uh, stringent responsibilities attached to that money and therefore you don't have freedom to be yourself within a space you know there's a lot of people especially men and boys in some cases you know that they are making a lot of money um often in in environments that they don't have freedom to express themselves you know uh so for example obviously young people in some cases who are exploited through the gang um stream they are in environments where they might be making a lot of money but they don't have freedom to be open and to be honest to be able to share their fears or their anxieties or their love for whoever it is or, or their you know the, the kind of challenges that they're facing don't have the freedom to be able to do that or even freedom to be themselves to wear what they want to to decide not to go out today because there are these responsibilities that he highlighted that he always has he always has to be somewhere he always has to do something and at the age of 13 imagine young people being saddled with that much responsibility and and things that they don't have the ability to exercise freedom and autonomy in so that's that's really important and really interesting to really think about and delve into much deeper so thinking about the psychological impact of learning to navigate danger from a young age so thinking about you know a particular young person whose clip would listen to who said he's not free because in his area there's certain places he can't go so imagine as a young person particular age in your life 13 already having to navigate areas in your neighborhood because you know the real consequences that that brings to you so not having freedom to be able to go and see your friend who lives in this part of you know the street at a particular time because you know that actually i'm exposing myself to a lot of danger i don't have the freedom to do that so the kind of psychological impact this has on a lot of young people is something i think is a lot of us often miss because we just think they just know where they need to go and stay there but actually it's, it's a very impacting uh, thing for young people when they actually have to know what kinds of dangers they are exposed to by stepping just outside of this postcode or this bus stop. They know the kind of imminent dangers that, that belie them. So it's really, again, important to really start to think as a society, how do we keep young people safe? Because anecdotally, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was doing this project in a school which was in Battersea, um, and uh, th- there's a lot of young people from particular council estates that go to this particular school and you know as part of the project I provide cameras to certain young people to take back home to document particular things who they trust where they trust and where they don't trust and to, to uh, annotate that using photographs and one of the teachers talked to me about oh you know this young person is so excited about the project and he really wants this camera but actually there's a lot of issues with this young person because he gets beaten up every other day going home and his, the, his bag gets tipped over every time and all the contents of his bag is always stolen or confiscated by these groups of men and boys in his neighborhood. So actually you giving him a camera might be a detrimental thing to his well-being and his physical health because actually if he gets beaten up or people see that he has this camera, he becomes a target. So realizing that, you know, freedom for such a young person at such a young age is something that comes with such strong 
and stringent consequences. You know, so if, for example, I didn't have that information or that young person was given his camera and he got beaten or got stabbed or got whatever, you know, like that would be a detrimental thing for someone at such a young age just because he was given access to something that he wished he had, which is, you know, a DSLR camera and to be in his neighborhood where he doesn't, he's not free to do that clearly. And because there are some real, real consequences to him having that particular appliance um so it's really important and really interesting for us to really start to think about that and to think about what can we do to somewhat support these groups of young people in this circumstances right can we put together some sort of uh chaperoning system within the communities where actually we escort young people particularly ones who are more vulnerable back to their places where they live you know to really look out for young people like that when we see things like this happen in our community not just turn a blind eye, but actually be more actively um, involved in actually uh, collectively putting things in place to support young people. I'm African, so for me, this adage of the village raising the child is one that I think we need to reintroduce to the Western way of life because actually a lot of us are too individualistic in the way that we look at things and actually when we think about the the real problem around the way young people are, are dying um, actually a lot of us need to take much more responsibility how much how many more of us can really interject and actually make subtle changes that might make a, a drastic impact in the lives of young people by actually stepping in and actually being there to listen to them being there to mentor them being there to chaperone them back from school and actually interject when we see things like that happening in the lives of young people um, so that's something that's really important to really kind of start to think about ourselves. Because then when we start to think about the real dangers that are associated with the lack of freedom these young people have, then there is a strong link with that and the stoicism that these young people then have to develop to be able to navigate these worlds where there's imminent danger because that's their way of not falling prey to these environments. So they have to build up these walls and these stoic demeanors to be able to help them navigate these spaces. And often what that does is obviously impacts the way that these young people are able to then open up and express themselves. Because first it starts off as, as, as a cloak that you wear and you take it off and you wear and you take it off. And after a while, it becomes something that is affixed to your body and affixed to your demeanor. And that becomes your ultimate stoic um, way of, def uh, of uh, defending yourself, of immuning yourself to uh, all these dangers that arise due to the environments that, that you, they grow up in so that's really important and then we start to think about how that then impacts the ability to be vulnerable ability to be open the freedom that they should have to be able to be that way but actually when there are real consequences attached to being vulnerable in their experiences and the ways that they see what happens to other people then it becomes a no-no for them because they are obviously never want to going to want to put themselves in that position where the vulnerability would equate to to being beat up to being g-checked to being you know robbed whatever all these other things so it's, again it's about realizing the kinds of brands of masculinity that, that these young people are sold but also understanding the real dangers that exist in their everyday lives which actually actively antagonizes positive versions of masculinity because if they have to embody these versions of masculinity but then these are the real consequences that come with that they get beaten up they get robbed all of that stuff then why would we ever expect that young person to adopt it when actually there's real dangers associated with that so we need to just really look at that on a macro scale to really think about how we can actually best support young people when we're trying to think of how we can reduce the the kind of challenges that that they face in terms of violence in terms of you know lack of expression and all these other things that plague masculinity in our society
So there's evidence to also suggest that the daily inequalities and routine experiences of racism and discrimination, such as race-based bullying, uh, being followed around a shop because you are believed to be shoplifting, which one young person in one of the clips specifically spoke about, about the fact that anywhere he goes in shops, you know, shop attendants follow him around and he believes it's because of the color of his skin. And he's not the only young person that's spoken about that, nor is it the only black person or person of color that I have experienced and witnessed uh, to speak about these experiences because the stuff I've experienced and I consistently experienced as he spoke about in his own experience at the age of 13. And that's not the first time he, he's experienced that too. So it's really interesting when we start to think about, you know, how that also, according to the research, um, accounts for the weathering effect on the well-being and also leads to cumulative stress. So as a young, at a young age, a young person being exposed to the ways in which, you know, he's being treated differently and being expected to be stealing or, or to be to be violent, to be aggressive, how these things impact the overall well-being of a child by having to add to the cumulative stress that they have to deal with. But also what this then does is also impedes on their ability to trust because obviously all of a sudden they know that people don't trust them because because they walk in somewhere, somebody's following them all of a sudden thinking they can't afford something. Um, so therefore, you think, well, F you anyway. You think I'm going to do this, so why not, you know? Or, you know, the point is he just accepts that nobody's going to trust him. And all of a sudden, he just walks around trying to um, prevent himself from being trustworthy because he thinks there's no point trying to aspire to be a trusting person when nobody actually would trust them anyway. So it's really important to really think about how these things really impact the ways in which the young people's lives kind of play out, you know, because when we think about freedom as this arbitrary thing, it's really I think it's really important to start to think about actual instances and structures within a society that really impede the ways in which people, especially young people and people of minority communities, actually feel about the, the idea of freedom. You know, walking down a street wearing a particular outfit. What kind of freedom do you think you have to do that as a person, um, be it your sexuality being in question and how, what kind of dangers could come out of that? Or in terms of, you know, just your safety in terms of the colors that you wear or just in terms of people assuming because you're wearing a tracksuit and you're wearing a hoodie, you know, all these assumptions, perceptions, which are racially driven, how these things impact the idea of freedom, especially at such a young age age. So that's something that I think is really important to really kind of start to think about um, on an individual level as well as on a on a societal level. Because racial biases and the feeling of censoring that young boys then have to do is something that's a, is a result of that because the freedom that they should have to be themselves, to be able to express openly, to be able to walk down the street uh, with a group of friends, you know, wearing what they like to wear, you know, that becomes impeded because they have to think about the consequences that come of that. And all of a sudden, they will fit a description that the police have, which then allows all of these young boys to be stopped consistently, you know, to then uh, be rough up to be consistent threats and suspect um, all of these things are affixed to the lack of being able to be free in the environments that should be safe for them the environments that should be equal for them and every other person that lives in that community so it's really important again for us to really start to firstly be aware of that and again start to think of what role we can play on our own micro level to really start to challenge these things and actually those who are in the institutions that are in position to start to challenge challenge and train staff in different ways to really put things in place to support the the freedom 
that young people should have in the world that they grow up to to be in. So another thing that I think is important, we're going to talk about this on another episode, is how this then feeds into the fragmentation of self. And that's like a psychological theory about the idea that, you know, we start to separate the version we show the world and the version that we show the people that are closest to us. And the bigger that gap is, the bigger the psychological problems that any person is going to face. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a different episode. And it's something that's super interesting when we talk about how that really starts to formulate based on lack of freedom because young people are perhaps able to unable to show a version of themselves to, to a group of people in a place where they have to exist in and then they keep that away from the version that they show the people that they care about and the people that know them and doesn't don't judge them and therefore when that gap widens then it becomes a real real problem between uh the ways in which they kind of play out with their their behavior and their mental health and things like that so i guess the questions and the things to take away from this is how can we foster uh, an environment that provides choice autonomy agency for young people in terms of the things they need to do the things that they are supposed to be doing in their in their classroom and their subjects and their tasks i mean you know where you want to get to at the end how not, how about providing the opportunity for them to to take on ways in which they want to learn these things the mediums they want to use to learn these things can they have more choices in that can they be can they have ability to participate in school um democracy you know debating and, and voting for things that actually is supposed to be put in place for their own uh, well-being for their own uh, joy all these things can they have more autonomy can they have more agency in the household as parents you know can you give young people more choices to be able to think about what they are uh going to need for certain things or what they have to do for certain and things like understanding the consequences but still being able to have the idea of choice the idea of freedom to say what they say even if it's this even if it's something that you don't agree with you know and that's very difficult especially you know modern age parents and you know it's about thinking you know things that weren't done for us for you you know how can you be better how can you do one step better in the way that you raise young people that give them you know more autonomy more freedom and things that you know most of us didn't have when we were growing up yeah so i think you know that's kind of the overall exploration of this theme um specifically around what those young people spoke about um the freedom pillar would be one that we would break into over the next couple of weeks and months as well once again thank you so much for being uh loyal listeners to the smiling boys podcast it's been such an incredible um journey with you guys i would love to uh get more of your input your comments um let me know what you think share it around um yeah so please get in touch rate share comment um spread the word it's been a wonderful afternoon catching up with you guys on the smiling boys podcast i'll see you on the next episode peace and love